On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Toronto Raptors season has been all that fun, so we're going to have some fun today with someone who is fun. It's Josh Gondelman, the wonderful stand-up comedian, formerly of Jesus and Miro, last week tonight, and more. And we're going to talk about uh, the Boston Celtics. Yes, he's a Celtics fan, but he's an acceptable Celtics fan. And he's also got three shows in Toronto this week. He's a big basketball fan. He's got thoughts about Kyle Lowry and OG Ananobi. And he's got a pep talk for you distress Raptors fans out there. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1317 of locked on raptors for tuesday january the 10th i'm your host sean woodley i've been covering the toronto raptors now for nine seasons on all sorts of various platforms you can find all my work over on twitter at woodley sean you can follow subscribe to rate and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and we are on youtube every single day as well hello video friends please go and subscribe hit the big red subscribe button on the locked on raptors channel and you have done a wonderful service to help support the show also supporting the show today are our pals at prize picks first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on all right big fun exciting show today let's dive in shall we we have a pair of wonderful people on the podcast i teased josh gondelman off of the top but first we're going to get to katie heindel who of course is usually here for whatevs wednesday but it's tuesday because uh, we had to work around josh's schedule which is totally fine katie how's it going didn't even mention me at all, man. That's I know. Good. Well, it's just the people. You're a f- part of the fabric of the show, Katie. That's fair. Like, I don't mention the buttons on my sweater. They're just part of the sweater. It's not like I need to highlight them. You're just uh, ingrained into it all. Joining us here today is Josh <laughs> Gondelman, the wonderful stand-up comic. His album People Pleaser is available wherever you get comedy albums that are great. And also, he is... In Toronto this weekend for three stand-up shows at Comedy Bar on the Danforth. Very exciting. Josh, how are you? I'm feeling tremendous. Uh, I am so excited to come to Toronto this week. I haven't been in forever. You can tell that my enthusiasm is real because I am coming in January. And yeah. I didn't Crazy. say no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like a when, fair weather fan of the city. <laughs> it's like when they had All-Star Weekend here and uh, ruined the impression of the city for the entire league for <laughs> at least 25 years when it was minus 40 the whole time. I uh, consider this my own personal <laughs> All-Star Weekend. I actually honestly <laughs> do because the the stand-up scene in, in Toronto is so good that mm. everyone I get to work with on my shows, they do such a great job at Comedy Bar just like booking it full of funny cool people and every year every time every time that i come back i'm like man there's so many great comedians here the local scene must be really thriving and popping i'm i'm so psyched do you have any toronto eats that you uh, are excited to get back to having not been here for a few years 
oh my gosh, I just go where people bring me, honestly. <laughs> it's true. Because I know I have a bunch of friends from having come through a bunch of times and just from the, the internet. So I just like, whatever, like the last time I was in town, a friend took me for Ethiopian food and then uh, just like great coffee shops. And, and so I'm just like, so I like can't wait. Very, very thrilled. Everyone, go get your tickets. Uh, there will be a link in the description as well for the three shows at Comedy Bar and, this weekend. And I think they've since added a show, so there will be at least four. Hey! Uh, potentially wow. up to, I guess, infinity. We could just groundhog <laughs> it, and I could just <laughs> stay every day. Well, uh, you're here, Josh, not only because you're in Toronto this weekend for some shows, but because you're a basketball fan. You are, of course, a Celtics fan, which we're willing to forgive here. Uh, I often make the joke that John Corrales, host of Locked On Celtics, is the only acceptable Celtics fan, but I'm willing to throw you into that pile. Yeah. Pile? Uh, that sounds uh, harsh, yeah, just but toss me in yeah, the pile. just toss you on the heap of acceptable <laughs> Celtics <them> fans. <laughs> um, I have to ask you, Josh, uh, mm -hmm. you're a Celtics fan. The Raptors and Celtics are division rivals for whatever that matters uh my question to you to kind of kick things off here when i say the words toronto and basketball what comes to mind what word association comes to your head like where are you at with the sort of the idea of the raptors as a team uh sort of yeah do the word association thing so i feel like and i say this with great admiration as a as a comedian when you the, I think the highest compliment you can really pay to another comedian is when you go, that joke is so good, it made me mad when I mm. heard it. And I feel that way about a lot of Raptors players. And I'll say that about Raptors emeritus as well. The Celtics played the Bulls last night. DeMar DeRozan, I feel like, <laughs> just shows up 18 feet from the basket and just rains down uh, 32 1 million points against the Celtics. I hope he recovers from the... the little quad strain I think that he sustained mm. during the game or aggravated um, Kyle Lowry. I was like, the other teams don't get to have a Marcus smart. <laughs> We're supposed to have the Marcus smart. And then, <laughs> so those are the Raptors emeritus, obviously. And then mm -hmm. it's just similar, just like relentlessness and, and just the kind of like, come on, like don't do that. <laughs> Stop, there. Stop doing that. And so I, I really have a lot of, appreciation i mean like og ananobi has become a boston villain from that that three-pointer he hit in the bubble playoff series over um taco fall mm. um who i think is now playing overseas but yeah it's just like i feel it feels very division rival like you put it like you know sometimes i think teams that play in your division either you don't line up in the playoffs or they they go through cycles of like your team's good while well, their team's bad their team's good while well, your team's bad but i think this is the last few years it's really lined up in like an exciting way um i also very specifically this is something i'll take with me forever when mm -hmm. when Kawhi leonard hit the shot over the 76ers yes. i i've maybe will never have a better sense of like place for a sporting event that i didn't quite witness because mm -hmm. i was at the the comedy cellar in new york has at the time had three rooms that basically ran as full-time comedy clubs and i was on stage in one room but the door in the back of the room led to the <laughs> bar of the same venue so i was on stage in the game in the bar and i came in to do my set and i heard a sound <laughs> coming from the bar that i was like <laughs> Oh, that's not like a regular cheer. It was like a coaster sound. And I was like, what? I, I like had to remark on it from the stage because the the room 
through the wall was so loud. <laughs> and so that is like a very memorable moment for me, even though I didn't see the, the shot and all the bounces until after I got on stage and watched the replay <laughs> in the next room. Like a haunting sound. It was very, <laughs> it, it was like, I because we couldn't see it. It was just like, oh, and you're like, oh, we're haunted by a bunch of Dixers <laughs> fans. What's going Oh boy. Those goes are hard to get rid of. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was very, it was like a very funny kind of thrilling moment. Um, I was kind of curious if you think rivalries are forever because contrary to what Sean just said, I feel like when the team, when one team is not playing so well uh, in a season, to put it politely, they're not as much of a like a threat. They could still be very annoying to play, but the last time the Celtics were here, I watched them so much during their warmups and they looked like the most um, like calm and self-contained team. And I was sort of like, uh-oh, because I feel like those are the teams that you're like, they're going to win the title. <laughs> oh, sure, you know? sure. Yeah, sure. like there's like, there's a lot of joking around and like within the group. Yeah. But there's also such a focus that it didn't even seem like the Raptors were on their radar and they were in the Raptors arena. <laughs> right, they were just there. They were just like, we're just here to like, yeah. we're just going to throw the ball around, get some shots up tonight. <laughs> we're playing a ghost team. Yeah. I will. So that's such an interesting question. And I think that the way that rivalries sustain is like the depth of how long you know, the, it's like the tenure. It's like putting mm -hmm. down a root system. So I think like Celtics Lakers, even when one team is bad, they still really want, they like get up for that game, as they say, and they really want to win in a special way in that I, I think like sometimes rivalries that are more recent or have been dormant for a couple of years without that long tenure don't have the same like intensity to them over time. And it, and it, it is contingent on like, the recent um, equilibrium between the teams. But mm -hmm. I still think like, so I don't think that this, this rivalry is such yet that like the regular season jacks up the intensity any extra, but I do think like the quality of games can be really good. And I think the Raptors, even though they're having a down year are one of those, like to steal a football phrase, like any given Sunday teams where it's like right. you're saying, Katie, like the, it's not going to be like a pleasant experience where you're like, Oh yeah, we'll just kind of like hang in for three quarters and then they'll roll over and we'll run away with it for the last 18 minutes mm -hmm. or, you know, three and two and a half quarters. Et cetera. I want to pick up on the Raptors Celtics rivalry in a sec. Cause I kind of feel like we were robbed of like even a better version of that rivalry than we've seen in the past throughout an entire decade where, the Celtics and Raptors took turns getting pasted by LeBron and never yeah. really came into, into contact with one another. We're going to talk about that in just one sec here, get into a little more of the Celtics season. And of course, Josh is going to do one of his patented pep talks for distressed Raptors fans later on. That's coming up. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy sports fun, easy, accessible, and really enjoyable in a way that regular full-season fantasy sports simply just never are. I've retired from full-season fantasy sports this year. It's just not worth the, the toil and having to set my lineup and forgetting to set my lineup and all of that. Instead, with prize picks, you can go any given night, pick two to six players on an entry, and just predict, are they going to score more or less than the projections that prize picks 
to set out. It's the way it should be, really. You're not competing against some shadow expert with an expert team they put together in a basement somewhere that you can't beat. It's just you against the projections. If you win with all six of your picks, you can win up to 25 times the money you put in on any entry, and you can make cross-sport uh, entries as well. So you can have a little hockey action, a little basketball, a little football, whatever you want. It's all there. All sorts of leagues, even NASCAR, tennis, MMA, disc golf, European basketball, all that and so, so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada and every province except for Ontario as it stands right now. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That means you put in 100 bucks, and 100 bucks is just going to appear, poof, into your account. That's wonderful. Don't forget the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with Prize Picks. And we continue on here with Josh Gondelman and Katie Heindel on a little light Tuesday edition. The Raptors are playing the Hornets tonight. Didn't feel like we needed to preview that one in all that much depth. And so we're having a way more fun time here today. (laughs) We were talking before the break about the sort of lost rivalry, the rivalry that never quite came to fruition during the 2010s when the Raptors with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were kind of at their peak. The Celtics sort of varied iterations of teams, right? Like the Isaiah Thomas teams giving way to Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown on the rise. Uh, it felt every year, Josh, like the Raptors and Celtics were going to play for the right to, get, to lose to LeBron in the conference finals, and it never quite came together. I'm curious, does that feel to you like a lost opportunity for a little sports hate between the Raptors and Celtics, considering how excellent the bubble series was between the two teams? Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been a really fun uh, occasion to get to have mm-hmm. the, a couple more series, especially because the Celtics at that time kind of had like a mini rivalry with the Wizards, who <laughs> never really quite got over that hump, even for the privilege of losing to the Cavs. And so, like <laughs> a Celtics Raptors series or a couple during that period would have, I think, been really fun. And and we had the Sixers, who I think that's kind of what sustained from that era mm-hmm. with the Celtics, right? Or like the the late 2010s series against the um the Sixers and, and yeah. them still being very good. Is that the um, series where the confetti went off erroniously? Am yeah, I remembering that? that? Was the yeah. best. I think I'm trying to think about exactly when that was. Cause it was right before my, I think it was 18. It was mm-hmm. and, cause I have the Celtics scary Terry, Terry Rogier with the scream mask t-shirt still. And I just can't, I mean, he's been off the team for years, but I can't give it up. And then they, so they put out that t-shirt. I forget who it was. And then, immediately after did a second version of the t-shirt where he was surrounded by confetti on the ground and mm-hmm. i was like that is like excellent spite like what a great what a um fun moment and i know we're talking a lot at the expense of the philadelphia 76ers that's uh, and more than okay it's here it's a safe space for that <laughs> Thank you. it's just <laughs> circumstantial but that was like that that kind of thing is so fun to me of like the confetti went off and then the they ended up losing the game and it's just like to do that on someone else's home court is just as a as a bostonian who who thrills in spite just a real treat i love accidents like that isn't it fun I, like- you, I always feel a little bit for like now that i know them in toronto mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. game ups people of course because they're I, like <laughs> something probably was so weird about like sourcing the confetti or something it was yep. probably like, <laughs> such a headache for someone for absolutely weeks, you know yes 
And then it's like a call from the higher up of like, when do we do the confetti? And like, yeah. at, at what point? Yeah. And <laughs> so panicked. it's like, yeah. <laughs> I truly know this is not, I don't want to get any gay mobs people in trouble. This isn't about that. But don't, I mean, Katie, I feel like this is up your alley of just like any kind of like unexpected surprise in the fabric of a game is like, that's not um, injurious to like, human beings yeah. is like yeah, such yeah. a like ooh i didn't know this could even happen <laughs> no i love that stuff whether it's like game ups or like on court kind of reactions you've never seen before um, yes where it like things are so i'm trying to think mostly like i guess you'd think that is in bench reactions and the celtics have like pretty good bench this season yeah malik fits yeah, Malik really. Fitz, who was the bench reaction guy, I think is no longer with the team. But last year, they were like, they the, even the broadcast were like very keyed in on like, what's Malik Fitz doing on the bench? Yeah, exactly. Is that why they brought in the rule about celebrating out this? Is it the Malik Fitz rule? I, oh gosh, who was it? <laughs> I thought it was, it might have been the Bucks, I thought, were like really getting into it as a team. Um, yeah. But they, there's, I like even like a new like the Steph Curry, like go to sleep, set, like three point <laughs> thing is like, Ooh, that's really cool. And then I saw someone do one that was like kind of weak. And I was like, I like that he's trying, like, where else do you workshop those other than in games? <laughs> I feel like we're also like in need of, I think some innovation for guys now that they have these rules about like not stepping over the line yeah. and the sidelines and stuff. We saw in the last Raptors game, Fred Van Vliet was on the bench. Pascal Siakam went up and got fouled and was like laying on the baseline and Fred Van Van Vliet carefully tiptoed without stepping on the court proper like to help him up while on the bench. I feel like the baseline is like untouched ground for chicanery. And, uh, you know, I mean, we we saw this in Toronto last year where there were no fans as well. Like the Raptor causing Devin Booker to have a meltdown. Oh, like, yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. Love that. <laughs> That's like a no example, I think. Love that. Like mm -hmm. an unknown. It's great. It also tells you so much about something. Like, unfortunately, it told us something about Devin Booker, which I was like, "Am I really surprised that he got like so startled?" And the upset. guy who didn't want to be double teamed in practice because it was too hard. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> such a good opportunity to see someone's like genuine reaction to something and, right. and mm -hmm. an actual sense of like, yeah, it's their character at work, but it's still like, how do they react <laughs> to something that's going wrong or like a mm -hmm. little bit bizarre? Right. Absolutely. Because you could also see it like there are players who you could see just like staring down the Raptor <laughs> and then like icing the free throws and just like yeah. trying to demoralize the mascot. Yeah. Like I like a like if it had been uh Chris Paul, I mm -hmm. could see that rivalry being like much more heated and like less likely for the dinosaur to win such an easy victory. <laughs> I think you just described the, uh, like the fever dream of a Lopez brother, actually. Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> right. All the Lopez, the Lopez brothers dream league would play against mascots. <laughs> it might be mascots, man. And I love that, that um, my friend that like, jump the barrier out of basketball my friend casey who i was hanging mm -hmm. out with works in video games and he was saying he saw the little clip of robin lopez <laughs> mic'd up going he's acting he was in story. <laughs> and i was like oh you don't know the context which is that they're twin brothers and he was like what <laughs> like, he just seen the clip and thought that was really funny and so like i think yeah that's exactly what what we're talking about right of these like moments that are that are like out of context even just like a delightful like real human reaction to things or even like a contrived one that is 
that is not contrived, constructed. Mm -hmm. That's like a fun, exciting thing is like the, the kind of thing that like, in addition to the built-in drama of sports and athletics and achievement, it, it gives like a little texture to the, the human side of it, as Katie was talking about. You know what I think is a really good example of that is last season when uh, Jalen Brown was like walking around staring at his hand. And then Marcus Smart grabbed Marcus his Smart hand. Marcus Smart went over and like they both <laughs> yeah. ran. Oh, I love it. Like took the joke and ran with it. And it was just like something forming so spontaneously in the moment. But like something that I've thought about more. I wrote about this in The Last Basketball Feelings too. But just like I feel like when teams are good and playing really well, they're so much more freed up to like have fun. Yeah. And you take that for granted. Honestly, you take that for granted when the season becomes you know, in the Raptors case this season, like a little bit more of a grind, like mm -hmm. I'm around the team and like, nobody's really that keen to make jokes so mm -hmm. much right now. And I like, I totally understand why, but like something I think is lost because you don't have such like a nice, spontaneous kind of joyful reaction to these moments. Like the Fred thing that you mentioned, Sean, like, yeah, that's great. And it's, not, it's like almost so heartening to see something like that happen again. Like, yeah, oh, yeah it like stands out against the backdrop. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's such a great point. Right. I think like, and it's, it's the same. It's like, these are people who are at work doing their jobs. And I think when, when anyone is at work and they're, and things are not like as fluid or, prosperous as you might hope or that have been in the past sometimes you tend to like clench up a little bit right mm -hmm. and you don't experiment as much and you just try to like get back to that good place and that good mindset but you can't you can't always just like um fabricate it but you know you can't like lead by doing it and mm -hmm. and and just wait for the good vibes to like follow from the performance of good vibes. But yeah, like when it is happening, like Celtics early this season, when they were just running away with games and ripping off like, you know, seven game, win streak, five game, win streak, they, their, their post game pressers were like really mm. silly and they've gotten, <laughs> they're still a little bit, but they were like really, you know, they would interrupt each other's interviews and talk trash about each other. And like, it was, it's like very fun to see when a team is like in that whatever flow state or whatever you want to call it, where mm -hmm. they feel like they're parts of an organism working harmoniously. It's truthfully how the Raptors have existed for most of the last 10 years, and it's jarring that it's not the case this year, where it doesn't seem like those little fun flourishes are taking place. I, I, I'm curious, Josh, this kind of leads me into where I wanted to go anyway. You know, the idea of like this being, you know, a, a season where the Celtics just lost the finals, they're obviously trying to climb the mountain once again. Do you feel like there's like extra heft to this season because they lost in the way they did last year and it's like, oh God, we got to get back there. Otherwise it's a failure. Or is it like, oh man, we we're awesome. We made the finals. Let's, uh, let's be awesome. Have a great time with it. Like, I'm curious, like both like your impression of the way the team is dealing with it. And as a fan, like what is the sort of experience of watching a team defend uh, an Eastern Conference championship but not defend a title because they lost in the finals. Can't relate to that up in here in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels, well, I feel as a fan, not like I expect a championship or it will be a disappointment, but it mm. feels like getting to that point is, right? Because you defending an Eastern Conference title is like cool, mm -hmm. but it's also, it's so precarious because it's not you know it's not it doesn't have that same weight of like you've done it 
and then everything is either like adding to the legacy or postscript. Like I still think all these players feel like they, it seems like they are still, and, and some of them are so young that like the narrative on them is still being constantly like wiped away and rewritten. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think sometimes unfairly quickly and sometimes aggr- too aggressively, like it was a team that went from like, wow, they've made, four Eastern conference finals in five years to like, that Mm. doesn't matter until they get to the finals. And now it's like, well, now they've been to the finals. They have to win a finals. And it feels a little, um, a little unfair, but it's also like, Mm. Ooh, it does seem like this team would be capable of winning the final. Like it doesn't, we're not, I think the sustained like success and Mm -hmm. then coming into this period of like, Oh, there's, there's this potential for more. It doesn't feel like, Oh, hey, this was a fun story. Like the Isaiah Thomas years, it always kind of felt like, yeah, LeBron is going to swat these teams away. (laughs) But wow, it's so fun to watch him score however many points in the fourth quarter and win this this game in in an exciting fashion. So, yeah, I think that there is I, I don't I think that the players do not feel like they're um emotionally coasting on the success of last season but Mm -hmm. it is interesting to see because last season that second half they were so keyed into every game because they had to be to make to you know to get the good seating in the playoffs even to make the playoffs from where they had started and this season it seems like there are a lot more like nail biters and you can see i i listened to john corrales after last night's game and mm-hmm. he was saying like you know it's good to win these kind of games where like you make a run they make a run you make a run they make a run and i think that's true i think he's right but also it's like you don't always want to leave yourselves vulnerable to the teams that like you should be closing the door yeah. on a little sooner mm-hmm. i in my opinion but like mm-hmm. i don't play the games i'm glad they won <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to continue on here. Uh, I do want to ask your sort of thoughts on the Celtics' actual title odds this season. Are you feeling good? We'll get to that, plus your pep talk for Raptors fans who are going through it this year. We'll get to that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis all season long. Maybe you're like me, you're a bit of a casual uh, sports better. I usually only throw money down when I'm like at a game itself to enrich the live experience. And usually when I do that, I go in totally unprepared and I lose money as a result. Bet Online is here to make you the informed wager. They've got all the analysis you need, all the info as to why the lines the set are set the way they are. They've got podcasts, injury reports, everything you might want on all the pro and college sports you want. You've got, uh, of course, the soccer leagues around Europe kicking back up after the World Cup. Maybe you got soccer fever and want to throw some money down over there. Bet online is going to help you be the informed wagerer in that regard as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at TurboTax. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. I am a freelance sports media person, which means my taxes every year are a whole nightmare to deal with, and I don't do them anymore. I just, I can't. It's too hard. It's too much work. I don't like admin. TurboTax has people there to help you, so you do not have to do your taxes. Think about the glory of not doing taxes. You can show your eyes things that are not taxes. Think about things that are not taxes 
TurboTax is here to help you with that. They have an expert who will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax. Don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed de- guarantee details, that is, sorry, at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. All right, we are here closing this bad boy out. Katie, did you have anything? Uh, we kind of abruptly had to move to break there. I was curious if you had anything to follow up on Josh. We were talking about title expectations, etc., etc. This feels like your wheelhouse, the sort of joy of watching a season. That seems to me the reason basketball feelings exist as a whole. I would say yes, but I'm also wrangling a really <laughs> uh, upset dog. <laughs> There's people running around in the hallway. So what are the we odds will... George is going to interrupt me higher? That's all right. Probably we will... higher than... Wait, wait. How do I want to say this? I should learn how betting works. Yeah. I never... I do the same thing with ratios. Where I'm like, higher ratio, good, bad. <laughs> as, as I've always said, Katie, the dog is welcome on the podcast. We are a pro-George and Captain podcast. Is it George or Captain who's it's given you the, the trouble? George. It's, it's always, always George. Dramatic. George. George, what are your thoughts on the Celtics title chances? Don't ask him. <laughs> then, Josh, I'll ask you that question. <laughs> Josh, uh, the Celtics are very good, of course. Uh, Jason Tatum is, you know, in the conversation for MVP, which, why do we have to have the conversation in January? But hey, uh, I guess that's what makes the world go around the takes. Uh, I think Josh. we should start talking about next season's MVP. <laughs> we should do the avant garde thing because this is the earliest I've ever seen it and heard it happening. It started yeah. like a full month ago. And, yeah, uh, like fully saturating the the national media. So I think we I think we're starting 2024 MVP odds. Let's we're starting now. Yeah, I mean, do you care about MVP, Josh? Like, is that something that like uh, motivates you as a fan? I don't care about I, awards at all. Well, I, look, I, it would be very unexpected to me if I won NBA MVP this season. <laughs> <laughs> then you might care. Right. And they, then they, I they would look into their into new it. awards, right? It's a whole new. I I do kind <laughs> of like when the when it seems to mean something to the player. That's yeah. like the the one. I, that's not true. That but I I do kind of like that a player when a player cares about an award in a way that doesn't tilt their play into like mm. a fully individualistic style. Like there's the famous. Um, Ricky Davis self triple double right where he <laughs> threw the yeah. ball up to get his own rebound <laughs> and on the wrong hoop or whatever and it's like that I feel like um steps beyond the boundaries of it but like I I found it I find it kind of like charming because we want players to care right as fans mm. we want them to care about what happens on the court so it feels unfair to be like oh it's gauche for Joel Embiid to think he should be the MVP like I think yeah. it's cool that Joel Embiid thinks he should be the MVP and and I think it's like cool that it means something to players to be like recognized in that way um so I do I I don't like I don't care that much specifically mm-hmm. but I and I but I do like that the players care if because yeah. it's not it's not for me it's for them. Yeah, I have no problem Joel Embiid caring if he wins MVP. I also find it really funny how much Sixers fans really seem to care that he needs to win the MVP. It's uh, it's one of the great joys in my life is watching Sixers fans for some reason talk themselves into circles into thinking Nikola Jokic is bad. Uh, it's a it's a weird one. They're both. Um, I mean, yeah. I, 
Katie has written about this and, and a lot, but there are just like so many different exhilarating players and yes. playing so many different exhilarating ways. And it's like, I just love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm it's like such a, like what a truly what a time to be a fan. And and some <laughs> and the levels of discourse, we're talking about MVP discourse, the discourse about like, is it bad that people are scoring too many 50 point games? Why it's like <laughs> right. It's like, oh does the cake taste too good? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like we're watching these really thrilling things happen in real time. And it's like, oh, but, but Michael Jordan never did it. So can it be right? And it's like, come on. <laughs> it's cool. Sorry. I'm, I'm steamrolling. All good. I, I'm still worried. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> if you need to, you can always just like uh, DM me the questions you want me to levy to Josh uh, via you while George goes uh, No, I think like crazy. the only thing I have to yeah. add is like, I've never seen like the MVP stuff is so, and like, I think award contention stuff is so funny because like it is always so fitting to the person who's like in the, in contention for it. Like, of course, Embiid is going to talk and talk and talk about how much he deserves it. Whereas like Jokic is kind of like, you have a sense he keeps these awards <laughs> in some like dusty tack room. Yeah. But yeah. Like, Actually probably doesn't horses. even keep it where his horse yeah. stuff is because it's stuff <laughs> so important. And he uses it more, you know, it's probably like at his mom's house. Cause she's like, I really want to hang on to these. He's like, okay. You know, yeah. but like, that's also so fitting. Anyway, there's just like, there's no wrong way to, I think, celebrate that. I think that's beautiful. Well, I mean, again, I think what's, what I love about reading basketball feelings and listening to the podcast <laughs> is that like, I, I really love, and we've, I think we've tried, we've, the three of us have, have tried to do this today of like, talking about sports in a way that acknowledges like the humanity of the participants and like the, the gives them the leeway to be people. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really like what I, I don't like when you read that kind of salty or listen to that salty old timer coverage of like, this guy expressed humanity. That's not what we do here. (laughs) And it's like, that stinks, man. Like let a person be a person. That's like, they, they, they work really hard at this and like, let them express a feeling or like show some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of reaction to things because like, this is again, like, I certainly do that at work. <laughs> I think like one rough side effect of that is like to, to, you know, gently shift this back to the Raptors is we're kind of losing. It's been interesting to see how that kind of stuff is not necessarily afforded to a team that's not playing well, mm-hmm. or maybe ha- like, you know, certain players are kind of having bad games that like, Nobody is basically getting one good game altogether. There's like nothing mm-hmm. cohesive uh, mm-hmm. about the Raptors this season, it seems like. Uh, and in that, there's so much less um, sympathy yeah. afforded. And it's been like, I say interesting, but I mostly mean a bummer. Yeah, depressing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> despair filled. Yeah. The way, well, in I live in New York. I'm I'm from Boston, but I live in New York. And the way that Julius Randall and the Knicks fans kind of turned on one another last mm-hmm. season was like, man, that's too bad. Like he he had such a great previous season, and that that you know they they dipped last year, and I think that's kind of the feeling of like like a mutual like, um, 
Toronto and the Raptors, I feel like everybody's like, I wish this were going better. No one's yeah. like, I'm glad this is kind of a slog right now. The players don't feel that way. The fans don't feel that way. And it's like, I think the the fans feel like, we'll do something about it. And the players feel like, yeah, if we could, we would right now. <laughs> yeah, this entire section of the podcast is for you, Van Vliet haters 69420 in the YouTube comments. Uh, <laughs> just please take this to heart. Um, Josh, we have reached the point here where, of course, you're you're known for your pep talks on social mm -hmm. media, in your wonderful Substack newsletter, That's Marvelous, in your wonderful former podcast, Make My Day. Uh, you're great at making people feel better about their current station. Raptors fans could use some of that right now. It is, it's been grim. It's been strange, uncharted waters for a team that's usually very successful, except for when they're forced to play in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I have to ask you, Josh, here, can you please offer a little pep talk to distress Raptors fans everywhere about maybe why things are not so bad? I'm also going to put in a little uh, royalty-free music underneath to... Uh, <laughs> The, the song here I have is called Feeding the Ducks. That sounds calming, right? Feeding that the Ducks time. Soothing. Pep talk time. Here we go. So, Raptors fans, it's my pleasure to address you now because I've been where you are. I've, I've cheered for a team that feels like it is, as Katie said, not quite coalescing into the sum of its parts. And it's frustrating. And you're frustrated and the players are frustrated. But... The, the good thing about this is that it can turn around. You've seen these players, many of whom are champions, lest we forget, right? And that who have, who have played on an NBA championship team. We've seen them achieve at higher heights, playing together in a more harmonious, uh, collaborative way than maybe has been possible lately. You've got a, a phenomenal young player who's having kind of a sophomore slump. These things happen, right? They, it can turn around. And you've seen the, the accomplishments that these players are capable of together. So it's not that you're watching something with no hope. There, There is hope on the horizon. Also, I will say, I love, as, as a Celtics fan, I love the way Raptors fans are like, we will never trade any of our beloved players who are necessary to our team, to our city, to our psyches. Because I feel that way too. It is, that's how I feel about the players I cheer for. But I just want, I just want to plant the seed that the last time the Raptors traded a beloved Toronto institution, a Raptors institution, you immediately won the NBA championship. So I just want to put it out there that it hurts to let go sometimes and it hurts to hang on sometimes, but better days are ahead. Josh, you timed it beautifully. Have you heard Feeding the Ducks before? Because you uh, hit the post perfectly there. Amazing. Josh, that was perfect. A wonderful way to end the show. Unless, uh, Katie, any parting shots for Josh here before we wrap up? No, I just, I'm so honored to have been on the, the podcast with the composer of Feeding the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> great it's a great i can't take credit for composing <laughs> <laughs> no it says here by josh gondelman did you do this in like a fugue state congratulations i did uh, i kind of black out and compose royalty free music <laughs> 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 i gotta get my drinking under control <laughs> 
<laughs> Josh, thank you so, so much. Anything, obviously we've talked about the stuff to promote, but one more time, where can people find you, all of your wonderful work, and tickets for the shows on the Danforth at Comedy Bar this weekend? Um, comedybar.ca. I'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January 12th through 14th. Um, I'm at Josh Gondelman on uh, Twitter and Instagram and, and TikTok, question mark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and joshgondelman.com for other tour dates, etc. And then That's Marvelous, Substack, uh, joshgondelman.substack.com. It's a weekly pep talk newsletter. Um, and, and it's been really fun to write. So th- and thank you so much for having me. So nice to talk with you, Sean of course. and Katie. This has been a real pleasure. It's been an absolute blast. Katie, speaking of Substack, you probably have a Substack thing to promote. I'm pointing you the wrong way on this. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, subscribe to Basketball Feelings. <clears throat> it's also a sub- Substack, but I bought the domain. So if you're too lazy, you can just go to basketballfeelings.com. Uh, I also have something. It's an interview I'm kind of very happily surprised and excited for, but um, it's with the man who made he's making horseshoes and he recently did a custom collaboration uh, making Luka Doncic's shoes for Dorian Finney-Smith's horse, Stevie. Um, so <laughs> I found this man because this of course plays to all of my interests uh, and got in touch. And that story should be on dime later this week. I think that's cool. the most Katie shit I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Can't wait. Uh- <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, I also have a Substack newsletter. I rarely ever post at it because I'm really bad at writing and it's too much work, but it's called Post Touches if you want to go check it out. Also, please uh, support the podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, review. Go to YouTube, hit the big red subscribe button. It's very much appreciated. Uh, Also, go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs as the Leafs, unlike the Toronto Raptors, are extremely good. Also, Boston better than them in that league too, which is uh, very upsetting (laughs) as always. (laughs) But go check out our pals Mike Dave over on Locked On Leafs. With that, we'll round it out. We'll be back tomorrow to break down Raptors Hornets. Until then, bye bye.